0: It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I am Mike Mayashiro, your host. Um, I've got some funny things that happened this week that I want you guys to know about. First of all, apparently, I have a daughter. I didn't know that until last night, but um, someone was messaging somebody in my life and they thought that I had a daughter and that I was married and I'm not sure where all that came from. I'm assuming they're seeing my Instagram stories with my niece. I post about Fox often. I just think she's the cutest baby I've ever seen in my life. And so she shows up on my story a lot, but apparently that translates into, oh, clearly this must be my offspring. I get it. I'm not like shocked that they thought this, but you know, clearly there's. Some liberal interpretation going on there. That was pretty funny to find out. Um, my friend Alyssa is in town currently. Uh, she lives in D.C. She works in um, publishing and in the political world. And so she's back. And it was really fun to get to catch up and connect. And you know, whenever she's back in town, we catch up. And so I actually had her as a guest speaker at NSR this week, um, the Numa School of Reformation. I basically did an interview with her and just had her share some of her experience um, when it comes to living in the world, going out into the secular environment in an industry that's not associated with ministry, because um, there's a thing here at Bethel, you go through ministry school, you're in this bubble, We have, people call it the Bethel bubble, <clears throat> because being here, you get kind of like accustomed to a certain th- flow and rhythm, and there's a culture here that's very pronounced and established, which is awesome, and it allows for there to be accelerated growth, and you're able to pick things up, and change things that are pretty significant in your life when you're in that kind of a space and then when you leave it's kind of a, what I hear from what I hear I've not actually experienced this personally yet <laughs> because I haven't left Bethel since I moved here <clears throat> but when you leave there's a jarring experience in that you're not in that stream anymore it's not just flowing now you're having to like work up stream is how I've heard it described so Alyssa's is very aware of that and we talked about it at length um on Wednesday which was cool to hear um, but got to share a lot of stories of what it's like to partner with the Holy Spirit in her work environment, um, be spirit led and to like discern what's happening in the spirit with people who don't speak Christian or Bible. Right. Which I have such a v- high value for. We should do an episode sometime about when I was a server at a restaurant. Um, I had so I worked there for three and a half years and I had so much fun messing with these dynamics. I don't mean messing in a, in a irreverent way, but experiencing You know, what is it like to walk with God with people who don't know him, people who don't like have a grid or like a practice or respect for religion? Can the Holy Spirit still invade those places and still, you know, influence and impact people when they are not submissive to him? Uh, it's so fascinating to me to experience those dynamics and super rewarding. It actually makes me wonder if I'm an evangelist on some level or if I'm just being a normal Christian with that, but I really care about that stuff. So anyway, Alyssa was sharing about that stuff as well. And it was super cool to hear, you know, her stories and her perspectives and the way that she experiences partnering with the Lord and opposing evil in her space and seeing the, the bigger picture effect that that kind of a choice, those kind of choices have in an environment and in relationships um, so we get to talk about the, like, what's going on in politics and you know, things that she sees as a common pattern and even DC, just what is, what's over the city and what are common spirits that she's picked up that people are regularly having to deal with. Um, it was a really interesting, fascinating conversation. Um, and then also another interesting thing that happened this week was um, I have family night with my season five third year students um, every Wednesday. And so this Wednesday we had family night and we watched the matrix it was that time big deal this is a big it's like a milestone for my team every year when we watch the matrix and have that conversation it's my favorite movie afterward we were talking and things were just coming up excuse me and uh a couple of questions were coming up that you know like people were presenting like hey what about these problems or what about if this keeps happening or if i run into these kind of situations in my life and um as i spoke to the issue i was like giving counsel and advice on how to move forward, the person listening would still push back and be like, okay, but you know, I've tried these things or this is what I've looked at or you know, experienced in the past. And then in the midst of the conversation, realizing um, they're actually approaching a spiritual issue. I don't mean issue in a negative way, but just a spiritual matter with their mind, right? They're approaching it mentally or intellectually. And so I had to address that and be like, hey, the solution here is not, to try other things the solution is to come at this from the spirit right from your heart not from your head and then another person jumped in with a different question and you know again tried the what about in this situation what do you do when this is going on whatever right and it became the same conversation it was like hey we're still approaching this with our heads when this is actually a spiritual matter right and then a third person jumped in and presented other things that also they wanted to see in the mix. And it was, again, being spirit-led would actually solve this issue. Like, the problem is coming from living from a mental space rather than being led from your spirit, right? So we are actually going to talk about that today on this episode. Um, um, I want to let you guys know a couple things coming up that probably good to know. It's exciting, kind of crazy it's this close. But next weekend, um, we have the... NUMA coaching summit where people are coming to Redding to take the NUMA coaching certification course. And so it's going to be some intensive training. Uh, I've been going over the curriculum multiple times the last few weeks, refining, combing it, you know, making sure that everything's where it should be. And this is going to be an incredible training, really excited to have people jump in on that. It's not too late. If you're interested, is that true? (laughs) I hope that I'm, I don't believe it's too late if you're interested in jumping in on the NUMA coaching summit. Um, You can email us at contact at MikeMyShow.com. Potentially, we can get you in on that. Um, This is specifically for people who want to learn skills and mindsets and approaches when it comes to how we do spirit coaching here at Numa. Um, Another thing I want to tell you guys, this one, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying, but um, I think I'm the guy at the top of the ladder, so maybe I can't get in trouble for this. But um, we have this group called L-Factor. I think I mentioned this on my podcast before. I have a heart for entrepreneurship, um, genuinely wanting to help people who are in the employee world who have a value for more, for different. I want to help them shift over and be able to like change citizenship into the entrepreneurship game. It is a migration. There is a journey there. Things do have to transform in order for people to succeed in the entrepreneurship conversation. And so... Um, We are rolling out this new initiative. There's a whole branch of NUMA now that is going to be specifically geared toward and focusing on helping people transition from employment, traditional employment, to entrepreneurship, being self-employed and building multiple streams of income. Um, We had to change the branding. L-Factor was too generic and whatever, so we are actually... I probably shouldn't tell you this. We are going to be releasing this at an event coming up, but the new branch of um, this extension of numa is called nouveau riche uh, we've changed the spelling it's a branding we're going to go with um, nouveau riche is french it means new money or sorry new rich it's a term that was traditionally used like as a derogatory term to classify people who you know got rich quickly and weren't handed their inher- like an inheritance and so their manners and their lifestyle choices and their perspectives and practices were not as refined as old money people right um, so it's it's often been perceived as a negative thing, but I actually want to redeem that statement. I, not as a huge like agenda there. I just more love the idea that part of the definition of nouveau Riche is these people have amassed wealth in their own generation. They weren't handed it. they built it, right? Um, so I'm not saying I, have a, I don't have a value for it. inheritance and legacy and things being passed down and people being like refined through that. I love it. It's beautiful, but not everyone was handed that. Currently, still to this day, we've got the whole class thing that is still in effect to whatever degree, <clears throat> but we're in a world where people can change that. They're not limited or res- like restricted by those things anymore. They can change this if they wanted. And so Nouveau Riche is this uh, you know reach for this could be different. And for the people who are interested in that conversation and jumping in on that journey, Nouveau Riche is there to help support that. Super excited. We've got an event coming up in November. November 15th and 16th, it might go to the 17th. We're not sure yet, but that will be, it's called Entrepreneurship. It's for people who want to step onto the entrepreneurship game, start looking at what is it going to take? What does this look like? Opening up possibility, belief, ideas, mindsets, super helpful, super practical. If that's something you're interested in, be on the lookout. Oh, it's coming in November. Super exciting. Anyway, you guys, you guys, on today's episode, we are going to talk about um, the spirit-led conversation. I want to address... Something that I run into a lot in ministry, especially, whether I was me teaching in ministry school or traveling and ministering in other churches or working even with people on my team, um, something that I run into frequently, and this is going to be an interesting conversation. I already know that I'm a little bit set up for failure here because I don't know that I have the answer. I don't know that, sorry, let me say it this way. I don't know that I have the right words to communicate the answer that I am connected to in my heart to this, Um, but I want to talk about intellectualism and the double-mindedness therein. What has happened with our Western mindsets and the things that we've adopted as values that you know I'm not trying to knock, you know, like being intellectual and logical and analytical. I love that I'm a very logical person, so I'm not downplaying any of that stuff. However, when we prioritize and champion that MO and we neglect the spiritual side of not side, that's the wrong way to say that we neglect the spirit in all of these matters, we actually can end up in really strange, erroneous places and feel very strongly about them, think very clearly about them. Um, I wanna talk about our relationship with control in that conversation and what ends up happening as a lifestyle choice and a way that we go about things because of the foundation we're working with. Um, And then I also wanna talk about how we clarify where our desires are coming from, what the source of them are, (laughs) sort is, <laughs> um, because this conversation is naturally going to lead to that place. And I think by and large, the biggest reason we have the conversation of being spirit led is we don't trust or believe in the desires that are coming up in us. We've been betrayed by them before. We feel guilty. We feel misled or what have you. And so if we could sort this issue out, uh, life gets different in, a, in really good ways. Okay. So I want to talk about that today. Let's get into it. Um, First of all, I want to start off with a massive disclaimer. I do not have a problem with being an intellectual. I consider myself an intellectual. I have a huge value for using your mind and thinking and learning and education and knowledge and facts and statistics. And that stuff is so important and is super valuable in its proper place. It is not supreme. That stuff cannot lead us. But that stuff is there to support and empower what is supposed to be going on in any given situation. But all of that stuff comes to support the spirit of a matter or a spirit will use that stuff depending on the spirit to go in a direction that's either good or bad according to the nature of that spirit. Right. And so, um, one thing we need to address as a culture, and I'm speaking mostly to Americans, but this is going to apply to a lot of other cultures as well. Um, when we value our, like our relationship with our mind, okay and your mind is seated in the soul so your soul is comprised of how you feel what you think and what you want and so we're going to talk about the thinking like aspect of our soul <clears throat> what we think is not separate from the spirit world however it is subservient to it what we think does not lead the spirit okay it is responsive it is a symptom of that and so if we lead our lives from our minds, we're actually going to run into some complications where we actually can't we can't get past certain things because the issue might be a spiritual matter. Your mind doesn't have the power to get past it. Your mind might be instrumental in being you know, a key player in progress or breakthrough or what have you, but it can't lead that process. So. When we look at the intellectual conversation, one thing I have noticed as a value in that school of thought, especially in academia, it's responsible, I'm putting air quotes on that, um, to think this way, is double-mindedness, what the Bible calls double-mindedness. We don't um, call it that, (laughs) right? Um, We call it plan B. We call it being prepared, doing research, like being informed. Um, And there's in that thought process, that school of thought provides so many options for us to not be limited or restricted by, you know, a certain emotional bent or a certain passion or desire or drive. We want to look at what's what makes the most sense. What's the most logical, the most practical, the most efficient? Like that's where the values on the intellectual side of this conversation come from. And then um, we want to look at all these different things, right? And then we make a choice based on information, based on circumstances, based on practical matters, rather than based on what's coming up in the spirit. And what we have to understand is the spirit is not afraid of circumstance. The spirit is not afraid of timing or other people's opinions. Like, And we're talking about the spirit of God. He's not afraid of that stuff, right? <clears throat> but if we make decisions according to what makes sense to our mind, we are often not all the time, but probably most of the time, going to be choosing contrary to what the Lord would like to do. Um, I'm not saying the Lord's not logical that he doesn't care about that He doesn't look at that stuff, but he's not moved by it. Um, So one of the things I'm noticing when uh, I'm having conversations with people in this particular space is... um, if you can feel the direction that the spirit is, that the Lord is going in, right? When, when I say the spirit, I mean in the spirit world, right? But chiefly, it's often going to be we're following the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit's moving in a direction, you, your mind is going to find reasons why it's not a good idea to follow him. It's, you're going to find practical reasons, um, concerns that are valid. They're based on factual information, right? And when your mind catches that stuff and holds onto it and it's opposing what the Lord wants to do, We have a problem, right? And the proper response to that little impasse is the mind gets to submit, gets to bow. The mind does not lead or protect us from God. The mind comes in to serve what God wants to do. So one of the things that I've found to be helpful in trying to convey some of the dynamics of being spirit led. And the funny thing is, before I say that, one of the funniest, (laughs) most obnoxious Parts of this conversation is I'm trying to have this conversation with people who are listening to me with their minds, right? So I'm trying to speak to them about spiritual matters and they're trying to shove it into a, a mental space. And it doesn't work that way. So um, something I think is helpful in trying to conceptualize and understand these dynamics is, <clears throat> excuse me, your spirit is, think of your spirit as the king or queen, depending on your gender, <laughs> the king or queen of the land, right? Of the court, of the castle, of the whole country. Your spirit rules. Your mind is an advisor, a servant. Um, a, you know, Your mind is there as a supportive role. Uh, and if your mind ever takes the seat in the, on the throne, puts the crown on, holds the scepter, wears the ring, puts the robe on, if your mind is ever doing that stuff, your country is going to suffer. Your mind legitimately does not have the power to run the kingdom. Your mind doesn't know how to do that your mind can learn from the spirit right and take notes and and refine and change and grow because of what is observed from the spirit but your mind cannot navigate the spiritual things it's there as a secondary member okay it's important to understand this distinction i'm not devaluing your mind i'm not saying your mind doesn't matter because it very much does your mind you need the mind um your spirit would not do a good job ruling the land without your mind's, the mind's help, right? Sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to like make this super weird, but concept, right? Uh, most of us are living our lives, navigating choices, deciding what's important or not, good or bad, right or wrong, valuable, worthless, beneficial, not worth it. We make a lot of these decisions. We judge all this based on our thoughts, based on what we think and we're not aware that our thoughts are actually influenced by the spirit realm and we shove all this through the mental door and when it doesn't make sense mentally we reject it when it makes sense mentally we accept it the problem is the enemy can make a lot of sense to your mind and also the other problem is the lord can also make a not make sense to your mind right and this is why it's important to know people by the spirit to regard them after the spirit and to be able to to discern the spirit of a matter because it doesn't matter how logical and practical something appears it doesn't mean that it's good right or vice versa and i'm not saying it's always bad if it's mental and it's never and it's always good if it's spirit that's not true but there's an order to these things right there's a proper protocol and an alignment to how we go about navigating this stuff so we want to let the spirit lead us and then our mind comes in afterward to observe, to learn, to take notes. And it's from the spirit flowing through our being, through our expression, through our choices that our mind gets to pay attention and start observing patterns, results, proof that perhaps being spirit led might actually be worthwhile, right? And the spirit of our minds needs to be renewed. And that is a thing. There is a spirit that governs your mind and you want that thing to submit to the nature of the Lord, okay? I don't want to get super complicated here, um, but as we're doing this, I notice a, a huge value for people in this conversation from the mental side of this is they want to control things. I've noticed this especially with professional Christians, people who have like committed their time and their efforts toward you know going after ministry or being like serious in their walk with God excuse me, these people have such a value for control in their process, and they picked it up. I think they typically learn this from religious environments because they want to guarantee the results they're going to get. They treat their intimacy with the Lord like a business, I would say. And they turn it into, okay, here's what I need to do in order to get these results. And the problem is the issue with the Lord is a spiritual one. And when you treat your intimacy and the the dynamics between you and God um, with your mind, You're not going to value them, or you're not going to value the dynamic like you're supposed to, because that's a a heart thing. That's an intimacy thing. And it is going to be emotional, and there is going to be a vulnerability and a trust there. And control does not like any of these words. Control wants to eliminate all these variables that make messes and produce unpredictable results. Um, And one of the funniest things about watching adults try and figure out how to follow Jesus... Is he talks about how we enter the kingdom as children, as little children. And it's like, why, Jesus, why? Why are we gonna be kids? Here's the thing, you guys kids are, <laughs> are vulnerable, kids are trusting, kids are considerate, kids believe anything, right? They're willing to consider, even though it doesn't make sense naturally according to what they know, it might be true. It's possible that could be a thing, right? They're open to that and receptive. I'm not saying we're empty headed. I'm not saying we don't have wisdom or discretion. I'm saying we approach this from a spiritually childlike place and we allow the Lord to be the one to define what is real, not what we've collected up to this point in our experience, right? And so as that is playing itself out, um, I often have to encourage people to consider what would it look like to actually trust not just the Lord in a given situation, but what what would it look like to trust somebody else, to trust a person in a matter? They may make mistakes. They may choose heinously. They may actually maliciously try to destroy you. Does that mean the trust isn't worth it? And most people would say, of course, it means that. It's not worth it. If they're not going to take care of you, you they don't deserve your trust. And that's where, you know, we've got a big clash here. I'm like, ooh, that's control over this process. And your mind has learned logically how to avoid variables we don't want to deal with rather than allowing the spirit of God to show us what's actually possible regardless of the consequences right um, that's a trusting posture we don't have time to get into that today um i was taking some notes with somebody on my team yesterday talking about this very issue and um she's crying throughout the time we were taking notes she kept up pretty well though we didn't stop and like address her tears but she just kept going and keeping up with me and asking questions and so, which i was proud of her for that um and uh, at some point at the end of this she was like mike this is a class like this is a course in and of itself this can't just be an add-on to something and i was like oh i don't know if i'm ready for that um I was talking to another person on my team the other day, and um, there's some people, you know, spiritually mature, gifted people who say things like, learning how to be spirit-led is not something you can teach somebody. It's something they have to catch. It's something they have to probably, in whatever way that they're able, able to receive it, they have to observe it, which I mean, I think that discipleship is probably the most legitimate solution to that. People need to be able to observe their rabbi, their master, their leader, whatever, whatever the right term for that is today. It's it's awkward that I have to even think about that. I don't know what it is. But I think that the way we learn how to be spirit led is by observing other people who have learned it, right? Whether the Lord superimposed it on them and just, you know, sovereignly taught them or that was passed down from whomever. I know I have a combination of like the Lord has taught me some specific things about how he leads in the spirit. And I don't know. It's a grace. I don't know how I learned that stuff because apparently other people don't learn these things. I don't know why it was always like normal. Some of this stuff. The Lord has been intentional with me in that space. But a lot of it practically came from mentors in my life who were spirit led. And I didn't understand where they were coming from. And I was often the guy asking the mental questions well, what about this? And applying laws and restrictions to what they were saying that the spirit world didn't respect. And so I got to wrestle through, like, oh, there's a discrepancy. What do I do with this? And it took time not time, that's the wrong word. It took repetition and practice and trial and error to start realizing that what they were saying stood true, even though I didn't understand it. And the more I leaned in and like allowed what they were saying and where they were coming from to influence my thought process, my mind was able to negotiate and let go of things that clearly weren't serving me, that weren't panning out, that weren't accurate according to the spiritual matter. And as that happened repeatedly, my mind started to change. And so now I can teach principle from things I learned in the spirit, um, because my mind learned that stuff. But I operate in the spirit a lot more intensely than I know how to teach it, right? And so people on my team, even yesterday, this person taking notes with me, she was like, yeah, I mean, I observe you living spirit led, you know, and and I don't know that you know how to teach this, um, but I see you doing this. And she gave me some symptoms and practices that she sees me do on a regular basis. I was like, oh, actually, I think that's true. I think you're right. And I don't know how to teach that, which makes me feel like an idiot. (laughs) It's an interesting subject to talk about, right? Um, and then lastly on this thing, I just wanted to throw in there as well because we're running out of time. But um, when we observe the desires coming up from our hearts and we look at where that's going and what it's trying to accomplish or achieve or gain or what have you, um, being a lover of truth or not loving the truth like, is a huge qualifier as to whether those desires are from the Lord or not. It's hard to know if a desire is coming from the Lord if we don't value the truth. When we do value the truth and we are willing to let the truth take its toll On our lives on our personality on our choices on our finances on our relationships we let the truth be authoritative in our decision making in that heart posture it actually exposes and reveals the nature of a thing when you allow a discernment to be part of that conversation it becomes apparent that a desire coming up from you is soulish it's something you made up you decided you judged your environment and decided this is important or this is a value versus oh there's a desire coming up that maybe i don't necessarily understand right away but I can feel that it's important. I don't know how to justify it to the people around me, but I know this thing is compelling and important, right? It's significant. The difference in our ability to recognize that, I think a big part of that is our relationship and value for the truth. If we value truth, we're gonna be able to see that stuff. If we don't have a value for truth, and we have a value for convenience, or feeling the way we wanna feel, or producing specific results, <clears throat> Excuse me. controlling that process if that's our value which are all opposed to letting the truth lead then it's going to be difficult to know if a desire coming up from us is us like sorry a desire coming from the flesh or if it's actually the Lord expressing himself right <clears throat> so I just like I think that's a tip for the road our relationship and value and um, honor for truth in our lives will help clarify and protect that process and allow us to say yes to something that's valid and legitimate in the spirit versus something that's dead right Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta close, clear my throat. throat) Excuse me. All right, um, one of the things that might be helpful in this process is if, if you're new to this podcast, and this is like kind of a different conversation than you're used to having, uh my discerning spirits course on my website probably super helpful in this respect. It's not gonna answer all of these questions, but it is gonna like expand on this world and like help provide clarity and verbiage and practical steps and tools we can put in place to start walking out what it looks like to participate in the spirit realm practically on a daily basis, right? So you can find that on micmyshow.com. Um You guys, if this podcast is something that you enjoy and you haven't thrown a review on there yet, we would so appreciate a review. Um five-star reviews are our favorite <laughs> please nothing disingenuous, but if that's something that actually is true we would love it if you could express that and throw it on there um please subscribe to this channel we'd love for you to jump on this journey with us and continue to just you know chime into the conversation at some point down the road i'm planning on having some guests jump on this with me and having some fascinating conversations here which will be really fun um if you guys have any questions like please i want to hear from you We want this to be an interactive experience. We want you guys to be able to get content and ask questions like this, just not be something I send you as a one way direction, but that you guys could actually participate. You can email me and my team at contact at mikemayashiro.com. Just put podcast question in the subject line and then whatever your question is, put that in the the body. Um, And yeah, we will be responding to that stuff. So please feel free to communicate that way. And you guys, thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining us on this. I'm super excited for where we're going with this. And hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.